Hello, everyone. You're listening to the IBSI Views podcast. This is Gaia Lamperti, and today we're joined by Billy Sibel, Head of Ecosystem Development at XDC Network, an open-source hybrid blockchain protocol. Hi, Billy. Hi, Gaia. Nice to meet you. Pleasure to be here. Nice to meet you, too. So, Billy, let's start by offering to our listeners a bit of an overview around XDC Network. And maybe more specifically, if you could explain what an open source hybrid blockchain protocol is. Sure. Yeah, so the XDC Network is a hybrid blockchain network, which is basically having both private and public sides of the chain, which are connected by a relay bridge. So the the private chain is actually, uh, it allows enterprises to operate privately on a private subnet where information that they really do not want to have in public be public, yet still have a limited set of data relayed to the public XDC network where it's recorded for immutability. So you have the, the really the best of both worlds is what we call it. And in the public chain itself, which is a fork of GoETH, is a EVM-compatible smart contracts platform, which has a whole ecosystem of, of dApps, which are launching on it currently. And it has uh, essentially any capability that you uh, see going on on Ether or similar chains with uh, much higher transaction speeds, over 2,000 transactions per second, as well as uh, a cost of near zero for transaction fees. So if you're looking at running NFTs or other uh, transactional you know, types of platforms that are going to have a cost associated with it, it's far, far cheaper and more efficient to be able to do it on the XTC network than, than a number of other chains that are out there. You know, we're, we're also a very low energy output as far as the network itself. So we're highly energy efficient with uh, orders of magnitude of, of 10 to 12 uh, as far as efficiency over chains like Bitcoin and Ethereum. That's great to hear and very timely because it's one of the main debates in the ecosystem at the moment. So today I wanted to discuss the future that we can expect for NFTs. NFTs have been one of the hot topics of 2021. So I was wondering how long are we going to hear of them still? And what kind of opportunities can we expect to see opening for them in this new year? Yeah, as far as NFTs go, I think we've really just seen the very beginning of what's capable. And I think that's true for all of blockchain in general, is that, you know, there's a lot of ideas of use cases uh, up until you know this past year, and now we're starting to see uh, real transactions happening that are specifically using blockchain in ways that everyone had really intended it to be. In our case, we've used NFTs within trade finance for tokenization, you know, where we bring an investor together with a group of businesses looking to get financing specifically for their invoices. And we've created a smart contracts tokenization platform that allows us to take the off-chain transaction that they've been typically doing with a bank in a traditional setting or a financial institution where there's a lot of paperwork and manual operations. And we've been able to digitize the documentation 
and then tokenize the transaction so that you, know, you can show clear ownership of the actual funds and, uh, and notes. And then you're also able to really execute it flawlessly with the contract itself. So it's, it's really beneficial, I think, when we're looking at it from applications and trade finance. And I think you know, you're seeing a, really a, from the, the public side of what's going on with NFTs, uh, you know the the retail use case has been pretty dramatic. You know, people are looking at as content creators ways of creating content and getting paid for it, or you know, just being creative in ways that were not really happening before. And I think that with the market really being what it is today, you know, you're looking at about a, a 31 billion dollar value in NFTs uh, across the board right now. And it's a small piece of what you see overall as the market cap of crypto, but it's growing dramatically. And I think that it is a great way for people to engage in the market uh, overall. And uh, you know, the, the great thing about an NFT is that it, it has a uniqueness to it, right? So you know, when you're looking at owning something, you're owning something unique. And uh, the value of that can be very high to a lot of people. And the ability to show ownership of one specific item really allows a lot of flexibility in, in what you can do with a lot of different things, you know, from artwork, you know, to trade and, and uh, as well as how money can go towards, you know, nonprofit institutions that are, you know, looking to raise money and that there's a a charitable benefit to it. So it's beginnings of what are going to be, I think, a really large use case across a lot of chains as we move forward. Brilliant. Yes, I do also love the idea of uniqueness, which is attached to NFTs, because it's basically the opposite of what the digital age has gotten us used to. So this idea that we can reproduce everything and on this note, I heard you mentioning that it also has trade applications. NFTs can have trade applications. And I know that XDC recently signed a partnership with TradeTech, which is a trade finance distribution firm, and that you guys completed the very first end-to-end on-chain invoice finance transaction. So maybe, Billy, you could tell us a bit more about that one. Yeah, the, that's actually, for us, one of the most exciting things that I, I think has happened with NFTs is to actually you know, bring together businesses and organizations into an ecosystem that allows for repeatability of this trade instrument to happen with, with, not just from the standpoint of being able to support businesses currently with what we're doing, but the ability to really grow that into a much higher volume of both transactions and value. So when you're talking about trade, you're really talking uh, trillions of dollars globally that are you know moving worldwide. And the ability to be able to work with businesses where we can finance someone is uh, pretty unique because you know, when you think about it, what has to happen initially uh, if you're going to do trade across the globe is that you know, as a vendor uh, or say as somebody who may want to purchase product from a vendor, I actually am going to have to, you know, look at how I can get with the bank locally and how they can connect with the bank 
in that particular country and work out some type of uh, financial arrangement to make sure everybody gets paid. And then there's all of the documentation within trade itself. And we're really talking from the finance perspective currently, but everything from certificates of origin and, and anything else that's manual can be done digitally. And so there's far less friction in the system if you're able to digitize and, and do this on chain. And uh, there's huge cost savings. It's instantaneous. You know, you're not waiting uh, a week or 10 days or however much time it's going to take for someone to actually work that out, you know, manually. And I spent 25 years really in manufacturing and consumer goods. I've dealt with exporting and importing product. And I've had to go to great lengths at times to deal with missing documentation that somebody lost along the way and something is sitting somewhere uh, in a foreign country that I don't even, I've never even been to. And I'm trying to get it accepted. And, uh, and so I'm dealing with, uh, you know, calling the uh, country of origin and the country it's going to, and I'm in a separate country. And there's a lot of little things that can go wrong with it. I've experienced it personally. And so with blockchain and what we're able to do just in trade alone, I think is tremendous. And, and the finance piece that we're doing really is the, the part that makes it all go round, really. So it's when you consider a small business in need of cash flow, invoice financing is one of the best ways in which they can get the funding they need to keep that cash flow going. And that's something that we're really looking at providing for them. And it's a huge benefit to the overall trade globally. You know, when you when you really think about it, there's millions of businesses across the globe. And if they're looking to just go to their local bank to get financing, it's uh, especially in certain countries, it's a very they're very limited prospects for them. Uh, and with the tokenization, with what we're doing, this now opens up the ability for them to go anywhere in the world for their financing. And it can really make a huge difference in terms of you know, the outcomes for businesses and consumers on both ends. Sure, sure. It makes a lot of sense. But at this point, my next question would be, um, so if blockchain, tokenization, crypto more generally are becoming so popular and so mainstream, what is the role of industry insiders uh, when it comes to making them more user-friendly, safe, to make sure that, you know, the wider demographic possible can, can use them and eventually even more traditional financial institution embrace them fully? And maybe you mm. can offer some examples related to the work of XDC Network. Yeah, well, I think, you know, alternative or secondary financing is really something that's very important to uh, the marketplace in general. You know, really what you have is a very traditional system of banks that are really risk averse. And they're looking at uh, very low risk, low margin transactions. Now, trade finance itself is actually one of the most um, inflation resistant or probably the most inflation resistant investments that you can make. And so when you put your money into a product or good and you buy it at a certain price, um, you know, with what's happening with inflation, you know, the value of the product ultimately is maintaining or really it's going up as opposed to keeping it in, you know, real dollars where, you know, that's kind of like eroding or evaporating against inflation. And there's opportunities that we have as far as, you know, offering that financing to these secondary lenders who are out there specific to a trade finance market, you know, companies that are set up 
to do invoice financing. You know, they're not a bank. Uh, you know, they're not looking at it from the traditional sense. They're a fintech that's really trying to bring a technology stack together. And I think that, you know, the biggest challenge that we have to really kind of getting the system to be fully global is can we put the security, the speed, and the ease of use into the platform so that it's it's essentially an interface that a bank may go to that's no different than what they're doing currently, but it's actually happening on blockchain. And so, you know, the goal is bring blockchain to them as opposed to bring, you know, enterprise to blockchain, create solutions that are on a network that is fast, efficient, scalable, and secure. And uh, I think as you continue to move down that path, you know, you're going to see, uh, you know, more and more and more adoption. Uh, but I think that from a retail investor's perspective, as an example, you know, in, in the crypto industry itself, you have a lot of people that look at what blockchain is going to be and they look at it and oftentimes in very simplistic terms, uh, you know, the, oh, they're an ISO 20,022 company or, you know, messaging and what happens with that is that uh, it's a very simplistic view of, oh, everyone who's ISO 20,022 is going to do this or this or this. The reality of it is, or that they may be working together in the future, the reality of it is, is that everybody in blockchain right now is really just working to put their use cases in place and see how it actually comes together. And the development of the NFT tokenization that we had done is an example of, of years of work. So. Uh, Trade Tech and Zenfin and uh, the network have been working together for the last year. Uh, we have put a, a painstaking amount of time into you know making this work, and there's a lot of things that need to be developed and figured out as you go, because you know if you look at it from custody or any number of other services that are needed in order to do it. A lot of this stuff is still very nascent in its ability to work cross border, you know, where you have jurisdictions in different countries that have different laws and regulations, and you have to make sure all of the players are able to operate within the countries in which you're working. And that means some countries just don't work. You know, it's a very, very difficult or impossible for us to do what we're doing right now in the US because the US really isn't friendly in the way in which they're you know, progressing around regulations to help the tokenization work. And we view that as a competitive disadvantage for what's happening in the States as opposed to other countries. And so therefore you see a lot of things happening in Singapore where they're very forward thinking about what's happening uh, also in Europe. And, and so there's a lot of factors that go into making all of this work. And uh, what we're doing with Trade Tech, that partnership, and the TFD are really critical to really kind of bringing together all of those pieces. Uh, but it's early and, you know, it's it's really just kind of carving the path and creating the roadmap and following the roadmap and making sure you're doing what you need to do. And uh, Trade Tech has been an, an amazing partner in that respect. That's exciting. So to conclude, I would like to ask you what's in store next at the time of the recording. We are at the very beginning of a new year. So what's in store for XTC on the technology front? And what can we expect from the sector in the next 12 months? Yeah. Uh, well, I think there's always an aspect of... Uh, 
you know, we can't wait to see how it unfolds. I would put it from the standpoint of this is that, you know, in, in the beginning of 2021, there were a lot of development challenges. Uh, everybody who was really building on blockchain in early 2021 was looking at, you know, how do we get people to actually develop and build? And that's something that I think we've done a really good job in resolving. Uh, you know, we've set up uh, a number of teams uh, that are, you know, currently building on the network. And, you know, we really were very aggressive about uh, creating a development environment that worked to, made it easier for people to come on chain. You know, we've developed SDKs, uh, you know, we have uh, fundamental tools on the network that have been developed that are on the verge of being released right now. Uh, be it a new blockchain explorer, or, you know, things that give capabilities for people that you don't have on a typical explorer. And maybe explorer doesn't sound all that exciting, but we think that the information that's there is really needed for a lot of people uh, to really operate on a network and uh, track what they're really doing. And you know, none really do that properly in our mind. So we always look at what technology is out there and how can we build beyond it. You know, for us, we have had approach similar to that in the NFT marketplace. So it's not just from what we're doing in trade, but you know, we're putting together. We have a, a platform we're launching on the network in uh, Q1. That's going to be a, a video format NFT marketplace, and it's going to be like no other marketplace that's out there currently. And uh, the ability in that marketplace for creators to work with brands and sponsors is, is going to be uh, really pretty tremendous in our eyes. And so, you know, we're looking at how we can take that platform with the technology that we've created and work with partners to really bring it to the, to the public. And uh, I think that it's an opportunity to look at the difference between being on a platform like Instagram or TikTok and paying somebody to do a, to do a one-off type of uh, sponsor ad, whatever you want to call it, for them, and and look at how we can actually take you know the content that's being created and use that as you know invest in it so that it's usable over and over again, and I think or or in specific markets. So I think that there's like a great opportunity for content creators and brands to really come together in ways with NFTs that we haven't really seen before. We're really excited. That's a, actually a, a really big component of, of what we're looking at for the future. Uh, I, I think that as far as the network itself, you know, we're a little bit younger than some of the other networks that are currently out there, certainly younger than Ethereum as far as when we had started and there are others as well. And so what you've seen with other networks like a Solana, as an example, is, uh, you know, the growth that they have had in, in dApps being launched on the network and the decentralization of the community and as an organization. And I think that you're going to see a, a huge amount of movement in uh, what, what is happening on chain currently, where you know, we currently have about four or five projects that are officially launched really on-chain, and you're going to see uh, a, just a, a massive increase of projects that are launching on-chain. And so you're, you're going to have an opportunity to look at the growth of what's happening, you know, where maybe Solana was 
uh, a year before, you know, where that's kind of the position that, you know, we're more closely in or, you know, where you're just going to really start to see what happens. And, and I think at that point, you know, the amount of uh, development that's happening and the amount of applications and opportunities that are happening on chain are really going to be tremendous. So that's something that we're really looking forward to. I think that um, stablecoin launches and, and, and others, you know, dApps similar are, are going to, it's going to create an ecosystem, which we think is going to be incredibly robust and a very exciting place for developers to develop on. And, uh, and we do have you know grant programs that are out there and bounty programs for developers to develop on chain. And you know we're looking at how uh, you know we can expand those programs in 2022 to to really uh, you know reward those that are looking to build on the chain. So so we're really excited about it. So I think you're going to see a little bit of <laughs> the best of both worlds in public private and also in enterprise in retail. Absolutely. It sounds really exciting. So good luck with all these new Thanks. projects. And it was a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you, Billy. Definitely. Thanks, Guy. I really appreciate it. Take care.